This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 288, and tonight it is a very, very special night because it is time for another Friday the 13th Spectacular. And to celebrate, we're going to be talking about the movie Species from 1996. Wait a minute, what does Species have to do with Friday the 13th? Well, you know what, first-timers, you're going to have to wait. All, All will be explained. All will be explained. But first, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and every month, twice a month i am your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies but you're gonna have to see them through my very very gay little eyes yaha 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 hunty what was that i have no idea but before we start this show proper i just want to say it is i am still adjusting to being back after the potathon, and i kind of forgot how it is to just host the show and weird things like that and talk about what I've been watching and what I'm recommending to you. So I have a list of some recommendations of things that you should be watching or listening to. Now, my whole big beef lately is that I'm sick of all the subscription service. Netflix can suck it. Amazon can suck it. Hulu can suck it. I'm not interested in your original content. I don't want to be watching another series. I just can't get involved. And that much said, I did stumble across two that I think are fantastic, which I'm probably behind the times on, but you know what? That's what you don't pay for. Of course, here we go. The first is on Netflix, and it's called October Faction. And I think it's great. It took a while for me to get into it, but when it got down to it, it's all the supernatural stuff, the battle against the supernatural... This family that's also part of a SWAT team that's hunting down very supernatural creatures, and it was filling my Buffy hole. You know how you know my Buffy hole needs to be filled a lot. Long-time listeners know what I'm talking about. New listeners are shocked in horror. But anyway, my Buffy hole is getting filled by this show. And there's a lot of LGBT queer stuff to it, and they handle it really well, really smoothly. Initially, I was like, huh. Gates' family and the teenage twins are like 30, but, you know, whatever. I got over it. It's a good show. I liked it. And plus, it's got lots of cameos from horror people. I mean, Megan Fellows. Megan Fellows. You know Megan Fellows? I love Megan Fellows because I'm an old queen, and I love her from Anne of Green Gables, the original Anne of Green Gables PBS series, but she was also the sister in Silver Bullet. And then I said, oh, not only is she a big badass in this, she's a big badass villain, she also directed a whole bunch of episodes. And I also realized, hey, a ton of these episodes are directed by women, so bravo to Canada and October Fashion for that. If you haven't watched it, you've been kind of slacking off of it, give it another chance. Watch it all the way through. I found it very exciting. The other show is also on the Netflix, and that would be Lock and Key. I didn't watch Lock and Key for a few weeks because it looked like it was for kids. It looked like Harry Potter bullshit. And yes, there is a whole magical quality to it, like this childish whimsy, but there's also a mean streak that runs through it. And you want to talk about horror cameos? Everybody's in this damn series. Everybody's in this series. 
The kills are mean. They're vicious. They even kill kids. So, yes, while it looks all sweet and smurfy on the outside, it's dark and creepy on the inside. And also, it's got one of the hot Ashmore twins in it. And I don't know which one it is because they look the same, but they're both hot. And I do either one or both. Whatever. Not the point right now. Lock and key. I ate it up with a spoon. Loved it. Again, if you've been avoiding it because it looks like whimsy, don't. Give it a second chance. Put your nose in there and go, give it a good old <laughs> Did I just recommend motorboating a Netflix show? Yes, I recommend totally motorboating, motorboating Lock and Key. <laughs> Give it a good one of those. But my big recommendation to you, my do not miss, is actually another podcast. Recommended by none other than everybody's favorite Freddy cat, Doug Shapiro. Doug Shapiro knows one of the voices on the show. And he said, Patrick, you of all people have to check this out. And this show is new, and it's called Brimstone Valley Mall. Well, that doesn't sound very exciting. What's it about? Well, okay, it's about 1999, Central Pennsylvania, Y2K's coming, and oh, by the way, demons run the mall. That's all I'm saying for now. It's incredibly funny. I laugh so much during this show. It gets funnier as it goes along, and the more intricate it gets, the funnier it gets. Cannot recommend this show more highly. Brimstone Valley Mall, if you're not listening, start Right now, first episode's a little shaky because you're still trying to figure out what's going on. But by episode two, when you get to the carousel of goth, you're going to be on board. <laughs> you're going to be on board. And it's super gay and it's super funny. Love every second of it. Go check it out right about now. And I think, yeah, you know what? I'm out of breath. Whew. And part of that is because I'm still having problems with Hindenburg. Hindenburg is the recording software I use, and I had an update a few weeks ago, and it records at the wrong speed now. It's too fast, and my voice comes out too high, so I have to go and adjust. I record here because the sound's better, and have to put it in Audacity and then adjust the speed so that my voice comes sort of down to normal. And I could see, as I'm recording, that it's recording too fast. And for some reason, that was making me talk faster, so I have to just take a chill pill and relax, relax. It'll all get fixed in post, Patrick. That's what post is for. Yeah. Chill out, man. Chill out. Because the other reason I was talking so fast is because it's a Friday the 13th spectacular. Now, for those of you who are new to the show, you're probably wondering, what the hell does 1950s car commercial music have to do with Friday the 13th? And the answer is absolutely nothing, but it's my goddamn spectacular, and I'll play whatever goddamn music I want. Now, okay, so the Friday the 13th spectacular is a long-standing tradition here on Scream Queens, because every time there's a Friday the 13th on the calendar, like there is today, y'all, we cover the next Friday the 13th film in the series, yay! Except we ran out of movies a fuck long time ago. And you know what? Come on, Paramount. Get off your ass. Get over this lawsuit and make some new ones so I can talk about them. So what do we do with the interim, Patrick? Calm down, beautiful listener. Calm down. I've got your back, yo. I've got your back, baby. Because now we cover a movie that was made by someone somewhere in the Friday the 13th oeuvre. And do that. And that's why we're covering Species. Because Species was produced by Frank Mancuso Jr. And Frank Mancuso Jr. produced almost all of the Friday the 13th movies. See? That's how it works. And that's how you get spectacular. What do you want? Don't yell at me. Yell at Paramount, okay? God. I played your 1950s car commercial music. What else do you want from me? God damn it. Oh, you know what you want? You want the show. Of course you do. So tell you what. Why don't we take a moment? 
listen to the trailer, bring on my special guests, Vanessa McHenry from the VD Podcast, and TJ Farrell, a.k.a. Zombie Girl TJ from Greetings from Nowhere, and talk about species. In January, a message from an extraterrestrial source was picked up at the Parks Observatory in Australia. A new sequence of DNA, friendly instructions on how to combine it with ours. This growth is amazing. The decision was made to terminate the experiment. We have a serious emergency on our hands. I want a team to track her. Hunt her down. You created a monster. Now you want us to kill it. We decided to make it female so that it would be more docile and controllable. More docile and controllable. I guess you guys don't get out much. She wants to have a baby. She'll kill anyone that gets in her way. I wouldn't hurt you. Yes, you would. Just don't know it yet. She can have a dozen babies. She can lay a thousand eggs. Something's wrong. Oh! She's here! And as I always say, what fun is it to have a spectacular by yourself? So I've invited a very special guest. She's been on the show many, many times. She is the host of the VD Clinic podcast, and it's also her birthday today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, put your hands together for Vanessa McHenry. Hi, how are you? Hey, Vanessa, hi. Welcome to the Spectacular. Like, oh, he's probably drunk already, right? No. You've been at the one. Oh, I just, you could, I could, back to your mistake. It's no. All right. It's all good. <laughs> I was being responsible today. Like you, who knows what you've been up to? Oh, hush now. Hush now. I have been, but what is that? Vanessa, behind you on the camera, that, that weird ballooning cocoon thing what is that behind oh wait that's not a cocoon oh my gosh you know who that is that is our other guest today <laughs> you've heard her many many times calling in and it's such a thrill to have her on the show ladies and gentlemen boys and girls i'm thrilled to introduce to you for the first time as a guest of the screen queens horror podcast miss zombie girl tj You can follow instructions. Yay! <laughs> I can kind of, I'm kind of fangirling over here. It's been very hard to sit quietly. <laughs> you did it right. Well, I can't. DJ, I'm embarrassed it has taken me so long to ask you. I just figured it's because I'm not that much of an expert on horror movies. So I like them, but I'm not like steeped in them like your other guest hosts are. So. But your name is Zombie Girl TJ, man. You're your longtime supporter of the show. I mean, I and just like right after I asked you to be on, I was going over a back episode, and your first call in stumbled across it. Like, hi, you've never heard me before. I'm TJ. I just kind of like the show. It's pretty good. Maybe I'll listen to it again someday, whatever. <laughs> and here you are. 
It's like, yeah, yeah, my friend Scott the Seder said that I should listen to this. He raved about your show. So here I am. Oh, Scott the Seder. We miss him. Yes, we love him. So anyway, since it is the Friday the 13th Spectacular, normally it is the tradition to cover the next Friday the 13th film in the series. However, as many of my longtime listeners know, we ran out of movies a hell of a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, So we're having having supplemental spectaculars (laughs) until they make new ones. So what we do is we pick movies that have been made by someone somewhere in the Friday the 13th canon. And tonight's film was produced by none other than Frank Mancuso Jr., who I think produced all the Friday the 13th except the first one. Uh, I believe you're correct. Of course I'm correct. I'm the host and it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. Don't make me cry. No, of course not. And the movie we have chosen is a movie from that great and glorious year of 1995. Species! Yes! I can't believe it's not Alien. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Is that like I can't believe it's not Butter? But with Alien. But with Aliens. (laughs) Sometimes Aliens can pass for Butter. That's what I've heard. Parquet. 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 They couldn't see the stupid hand gesture. I didn't. Thank God they can't. Okay, so TJ. Yes. Since you're since you are on your virgin voyage on this <laughs> side of the microphone. <coughs> Sorry, you said it was a virgin. Sorry. Oh. <clears throat> kind of inhaled some spit there. On this side of the microphone. <laughs> I don't know what to do on your side of the microphone. <clears throat> I'll talk about this side of the microphone. We have that little tradition that we have, you know, where you have to pitch me the plot of species. You know, elevator speech, back of the DVD plot summary of the movie Species. And TJ, you've got to do it before the time runs out and the clock starts now! So humans have been searching for E.T. and something responded and sent them an E.T. cocktail recipe and science happened and they made a human-alien hybrid, but it's too dangerous. And then they try to kill it and it's way stronger than they are and, and it breaks out and it, and it adapts and it grows up fast and it's, it's you know, mayhem ensues is desperately seeking semen and uh, on a quest and mayhem ensues and, it, and a stellar cast is crippled by a terrible dialogue. Time, I'm calling it, I'm calling it, I'm desperately sacred semen. It can't get better than that. Oh Oh my goodness, that's fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. I'm glad you like that. episode title right there. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh Oh my God. But it's kind of accurate. (laughs) If you were in the elevator with me, you would have bought that movie. It's about totally what it's like. Especially if you were Harvey Weinstein. Mm. I'm sorry. Too soon. You. Is he sticking it or is he just seeking yeah. a place to leave it? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> like, Speaking gross. of too soon, I, I walked up to a friend of mine who was waiting for the elevator at work and did a big exaggerated fake chew at her. And the horrified look on her face as she pulled up. As one does. Yeah, definitely too soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was it. That what the face Patrick is doing on this, on this I don't podcast. Get it. I would be absolutely horrified too. I want to mace you right now for this. <laughs> that was pretty much the face she was making. Was that a Harvey Weinstein move? Is that something he'd do? He'd like a watch too and then grab your boobs or something? Probably. No, that was a coronavirus bad joke. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh, oh, oh yeah. okay. Okay. <laughs> you went from Harvey Weinstein to coronavirus. I didn't follow the plot. See, you've okay, been see, staying I'm... in. You, you've been self you've been self-quarantining for weeks now, right? <laughs> I've been self-quarantined since, like, what, July? <laughs> 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 
Since species came out. I never leave the house. No, but can we, first of all, can we just talk about this cast? This cast is bananas. Absolutely. Amazing. Uh, How did they do that? I don't know. I totally forgot Michelle Williams was in it. I know. I didn't know that was Michelle Williams. Honestly, when (laughs) I saw Michelle Michelle Williams. Yeah, she's so she's so young and so cute. She's so young, and apparently she won't talk about this movie because when it came out, the fanboys tore her apart. Hmm. Well, she's she didn't like, talk much in the movie. Yeah. Well, did she have any lines? You, know what? you hire Michelle no. Williams for one thing, and one thing only, to cry. Oh yeah. Oh, she's yeah, brilliant she at it. And yeah. what is she doing in this movie? She cries. She cries. She cries. <laughs> yeah, and is horrified at that, what's happening to and herself. Looks concerned. Yeah. Still did not need to cry. She made it. She made it work. I totally mm-hmm. felt bad for that little. It, okay, we're ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. Ahead of yeah. Okay, let's get Ben Kingsley, Oscar winner Ben Kingsley. Thank you, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. Whitaker. This is this is my introduction to Forrest Whitaker, and it was not a good one. CJ and I already had this. Uh, oh, yeah. already had he this. Didn't like it. He didn't like what he did. Yeah, I mean, not that his acting, but just his character. Yeah. Yeah, Alfred Molina. Yes. Oh, yeah. very young Alfred. Very young, skinny Alfred Molina. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> At this point, the only thing I uh, the only thing I knew him from was Prick Up Your Ears. Yeah. Hmm. Which is one of those gay movies everybody's supposed to love, and I hate it. Yeah. Hate it. Hate it. But it's a biography. What are you going to do? I don't like your life. Please change it. Canceled. And um, Michael Madsen. Oh, I yeah. know. And prime, young, young, pretty Michael Madsen. Prime, healthy, somewhat sober Michael Madsen. Yeah. In Mar- Marge yeah. Hellenberger. Mm-hmm. Marge. Mark Haldenberger. Yeah, she's like, she was the nobody of that huge cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. been on some TV stuff, but people recognized her from that, but she wasn't like a film person. No, no. The only other thing I'd seen her in, I think up until this point, was there's a movie, an anthology horror movie called After Midnight. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's heard. It's a VHS special, but she was she does this, uh, one of the segments where she's a DJ mm-hmm. with a broken leg. You know, all alone in the studio getting creepy calls. Mm. Okay. Great at it. I'm like, this movie, this woman, this movie is too this woman is too classy. Yeah. For this movie. And her and hair was perfect. perfect hair. Well, let we'll we'll talk about the hair later. <laughs> it was nineteen ninety five. If it was nineteen ninety five, I would have wanted to have her hair. Okay? Oh my goodness. Everybody's hair. Alfred Molina's hair. Ooh. Um Ooh. There was some the only the only people that had Ben Kingsley's hair. Well, Ben Kingsley has pretty much always had that same hair. Forrest Whitaker has mostly had that same hair, except this time they made him, you know, have more like the Muslim, you know, hat. Mm -hmm. Oh, the little hats, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then um, Alfred Molina. He's all pretty much had that same haircut. It's just been varying lengths of floofiness. Yeah, yeah. Or bald in um pick up your ears. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. But uh what's funny, I, I read I read this time, but apparently Natasha Henstress, who we mm-hmm. forgot to mention, her first film. Yeah. Who's playing our who's playing our alien pseudo villain here. She she was really nervous about doing the sex scene with Alfred Molina. Wait, I was just going to say, which sex scene? Because she had to like get naked and glom up to this everybody was, in this, this movie. This was the first one they were shooting. This was the first one they were shooting. Oh, okay. And this is the first time she had to do it with somebody else. And it's her first movie, so she was very nervous about it, and he was very cool with her. And he said to her, it's okay. The only other sex scene I've ever did with, done with a movie was with a man, so this is all really nerve-wracking for me, too. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. 
yeah, her job in this movie was to get naked as fast as possible and and just glom onto them, whichever man it was. I think she did that with three different ones. At least. At least. At least. Yeah. That's, hey, her biological clock was ticking like this. Absolutely. Like Big Literally, Ben, baby. Like Big Ben. Seeking semen, like you said before. <laughs> I told you that's kind of accurate in this movie. Yeah. And uh, the person that we're not mentioning is the person behind the scenes is that the alien design was by H.R. Geiger. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So people are like, oh, it looks just like Alien. I'm like, what do you expect? It's H.R. Geiger. He has one look. Yep. All his stuff <laughs> looks like that. Right. It was it's very much more more feminine. It had it had definite feminine characteristics to it, as we saw near the end. But we'll get there. Right. It was more the exploitation version of Alien. And, unless unless you watched it on YouTube, in which case you didn't see most of the Thank feminine the stuff. That. If you're going to watch it on YouTube, it's heavily censored. Oh my gosh! All, and what is in there has been doctored. Mm. As we will Weird. discuss. Weird. Yep. Okay, so we're at some place that we're at the science place. Wait, can we talk about the cheesy opening credits? Please do. Oh what my do you gosh! I mean, it's literally like you know this this nebulous cloud out in the galaxy somewhere with with some sort of it's a poster of a nebulous cloud. Gas. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's a cartoon <laughs> nebulous cloud over some stars, yeah. over some LED stars, and then it you know the two the S from the beginning of spe- the word species and the S from the end of the word species form out of it, and then the you know the rest of the letters for I was just like, wow that that looked like something from you know the bad like escape from which mountain or something you know no you 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 know i didn't think much of it but you're absolutely right i kind of was like if i was coming here to be scared that would have made me like lose any front of being scared that i would have come into the theater with i was just looking at it like this is kind of shaky already Mm -hmm. 1995 Mm -hmm. 1995 and that's why i kept reminding myself yeah (laughs) Yeah, i mean still i gotta say i mean a lot of these special effects are cgi and oddly enough, they're not bad. They're I mean, not you bad. can tell the CGI, but for some reason, they're not as offensive. They're not bad. As a lot of the ones now. But There's a couple I, of I times when you can tell you're definitely in Uncanny Valley, but but, but for the most part, for 1995, yeah. the CGI was decent. Yeah. 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 And the thing that I was telling uh, CJ, uh, TJ, I'm going to keep doing that. I don't know anybody named CJ, so I don't know why I keep saying CJ. What I was telling um, TJ before while we we're waiting for Vanessa is that the original cut for this movie was two hours and six minutes. Wow. HR Geiger had all these scenes that he wanted, that he demanded film, like a completely different ending. And all these, uh, those dream sequences that yeah. still keeps having were all a lot longer. And they told stories about where she was from. Mm-hmm. Gone. Well, I knew that he, gone, had, gone, gone. he had invested some of his own money to get more of that kind of thing done. than that was cut, but I didn't know what the, run length you know the runtime would have been yeah uh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that was that would have been that. like it was a, substantial yeah he paid a hundred thousand dollars to get that nightmare train scene back in yeah oh the yeah train. that was never explained no, no, coming up the track yeah that was, with that the, was with, all the ch- with the chomping skulls yeah the studio didn't want it <laughs> but he paid for it so anyway, eh, i, I mean, it wasn't it. the bad scene it just was no. never explained and, and difficult exactly. to understand why it was i mean it was a nightmare what the hell it, it doesn't have to make sense True, yeah. but yeah. So, yeah, right. the movie begins, and we're at the science, a place. government facility in Bumfuck, Utah, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> or California or whatever. Well, it's, it's you to be. said Utah, it was some town I've never heard of in Dunlap, Utah, or something I can't remember where. Dunlap, 
and we're trying to kill a kid right off the get go. Yeah, from the get go, we're going to kill a kid. One of the southern and Brad taught me. <laughs> what was that? Dunlop. He's got a serious case of Dunlap. His belly Dunlap over his penis. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Mm. Okay. And so they're having. They have. Uh, there's a girl in containment in a little cell. And we get to watch while they everybody stands around. And they gas her. Yeah, basically. We have no input of what's going on at this point. None. And, and Ben Kingsley with glycerin tears. Well, Michelle Williams cries her her heart out. What? Yes. what she's hired for. Cries. She cries powerfully. It's what, and it is a terrible scene. Oh yeah, it is a terrible scene. I mean, you're yeah. trying to kill a cute little blonde girl. Yeah, it is touching, but in a way, but because you don't know what's going on at that point. Like they couldn't even knock her out with some sleeping pills in her food before they gas her with cyanide. No, no. And she can clearly see that it is cyanide that they're putting in there. Well, she ain't dumb. She's only like five days old, but she ain't dumb. Right. She can already read lips. (laughs) But I'm sorry. Yeah. Not that sorry. I'm not going to stop it or anything, but I'm also recording it for, for I can watch it later. I know. Mm. It's like, remember that time? Oh. Did you notice that he couldn't face her and watch it happen while it was happening, but he turns around and watches it on the monitor? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. This is one of the things that I thought was a missed opportunity. Like, I, like Ben Kingsley drops out of the movie. Yeah. At a certain point, they're setting him up to be this kind of like demented, twisted father figure. For her, and it never pays off. It never goes anywhere, Mm-mm. which is unfortunate. But well, I mean, he just has his big—he has his big sad eyes, and it usually makes the wrong decision. Yeah. Well, and he seems like, so whatever. surprised when he's wrong. It's like I've got my Oscar. Fuck all y'all. Well, it's whatever. like I'm a scientist. How can I be wrong? <laughs> but but fortunately, things do not go according to plan. No. Or unfortunately, depending no. on how you look at it, because Miss Thing in the cage breaks out of the she breaks through the glass. And does a stunning flying forward roll out through the hole in the glass. I know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, immediately mm-hmm. all the other, all the guards are succumbing to the gas, which is now escaping from her pod. So. Mm-hmm. And she's out and she's on the loose. And this is all bad. This is all very bad. What I thought was great in this scene too. Like you're seeing the whole facility kick in overdrive and they're showing all these like military types, like storming, storming, storming. Everybody's running, everybody's running. They got their guns like, and you heard one of them goes, what are we looking for? <laughs> I know. And it made pajamas, me laugh. You know? <laughs> it made me laugh initially, but I said, you know what? They are ready to go. They're not going to be standing around waiting to be told what they're looking for. We'll just, we'll just get going. We'll just keep going. We'll figure out what we're going to do. They had one experiment going in this whole building. Why are they asking questions? <laughs> What are we looking for? Was so it that one experiment in the building? Was it that top secret that even their own staff couldn't know? Like, oh, I hadn't thought that. The staff that's Maybe meant that to guard it? Like, how crazy would that be? It was Joe's first days. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I don't even know where the microwave is <laughs> Maybe yet. Maybe they what were there it? to keep people from coming in. I don't know. I was just here for the tour. Yep. <laughs> Hand me a gun. I'm just running now. I don't they know what's re- going on. They reassigned to me. And it was the yeah. girl that we're all feeling terrible for. She breaks through the facility and she runs through through chain link fence, like leaving one of those sh- Looney Tunes shaped holes. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but anyway, she, she breaks free. She runs through the wilderness or the... the and immediately finds place. a train. Conveniently finds a poorly scheduled train. Just a, f- a freight train with a nasty bum on it. Jumps on a boxcar. Yep. 
and mm-hmm. a bum with really a lot of gold dental work tries to molest her. Yeah. Well, he didn't try to molest her. He just wanted to be like, hey, honey, you know you can't do this unless you have like a handkerchief tied to a stick. It's the law. If you're going to be doing this, you need to have a handkerchief tied to a stick. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That was her hashtag me too moment. Oh, no, no, absolutely. No. That her. was something, yeah. He was, he was trying to get him some, which is why oh, she killed him. Hell, his gold teeth. He's like, hell, his gold teeth go at you. Gross. But she throws him against the wall, and he's just a pile of bones. And kudos to that unnamed extra with no lines for when he when they found him when when the scientists found him the next day in that laying in, he laid in a broken heap in a very convincing manner. Agreed. I was impressed. I was impressed with his broken bone pose. Well, clearly, he got an A in heap class. Exactly. <laughs> and then yeah. she steals uh-huh. a bag. Which has everything she needs in it somehow. Coincidentally, she pulls out, pulls out his totally clean hobo clothes. Well, yeah, you're right. Oh, the one that she, the outfit was immaculate. It was Put just on. his coat, wasn't it? Wasn't she still in her pajamas and slippers? I didn't think so. I thought I, she, I thought put he just, she just put it. But anyway, she, she at least grabbed his coat and then she grabbed some guy's hand uh, uh, carry on and got on a different train. Yeah. It's hasn't been trained this time. No, I noticed that every time she changed clothes, it's took up with someone else. They're perfectly tailored. I well, thank you. I was going to say the same. Right? Thing. I, I have a note about that, especially <laughs> that conductor lady. Oh, thank the conductor you. Conductor lady who was three sizes, at least three or four sizes bigger. Yes, she was the conductor lady who different height, and it coincidentally, yes. yeah. yeah. But it looks yeah. really snazzy, especially with that little conductor hat. Yeah. Okay, so that's all going on. She's <laughs> on the run. Meanwhile, back at. Back at Creepy Science Facility, they're assembling a crack team. It's like the A-team, except for, you know, little green men. Plus Mark Halkenberg. <laughs> yeah. They don't really have a Mr. T figure. Instead of Mr. T, we get Michael Madsen. Yeah, yeah. No, I got to say, Michael Madsen was hot. <laughs> Michael, Madsen, Michael Madsen could get it in this movie. He could get it. I liked him a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. I remember at the time, like, I remember how much I liked him back then. Like, this, mm-hmm. ca- this is the only character he has. No, but he plays it well because he's, he's got levels to it, and I like him in this. And he's just a little bit of humor. It's not the tough guy, tough guy that you normally get. Yeah, mm-hmm. with no with no soft side at all. I liked it. I liked the whole thing. I liked his interaction with Mark Helgenberger. It was mm-hmm. fun. It was flirty, and he made his lines work. And I have to say, the only thing that, that was that I, the only thing I have to say against this movie is the the dialogue was terrible. But that's my opinion. Yeah, it was painful. But he, but he made his lines work. Yeah, yeah, it was, was painful in some scenes. <laughs> uh, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, so, so yes, several is cracked. We got Michael Matson, who's an assassin. Mm-hmm. You got Alfred Molina, who is some kind of scientist, a biochemist, I think. Sure. Yeah. No, he's Mark Helmer is uh, another kind of scientist. She's a microbiologist. Yeah. I, okay. Alfred Molina's. I think isn't he some kind of social scientist? It's like, a social you know, scientist. Now that I'm thinking about, it. like anthropology yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. And he, that's what and it he's is. a professor. He's a professor at a, at a university. Yeah, yeah. But Mark Helgenberger had some line about being a microbiologist. Yeah. And I was just flashing back to Food of the Gods. Speaking of Ida Lupino last episode. Oh, um, Food of the Gods, great movie. Pamela Franklin said. You know, I'm a lady bacteriologist. You don't know how hard it is to be out there and trying to function in the world as a lady bacteriologist. I'm like, a what? <laughs> you study like, lady bacteria? Mark a microbiologist. She's a lady microbiologist. That sounds like something else. Yes. Lady bacteria. And Forrest Whitaker, Patrick's <laughs> favorite character, Forrest Whitaker, 
is an empath. Fuck empaths. Really, like, I don't buy that uh, they would bring him in on this. Up. Shut up, shut up, shut up. I just, I always hate empath characters. I even hate that one on Star Trek. Dana Troy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. They're firing at us, Captain. Oh, I'm sensing, I'm sensing they're hostile. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's turning blue and his tongue is hanging out. I feel like he's choking, Captain. No shit. Yeah. He, he turned out to be the most useful one on the team because, like, when shit was going down, he was the one who knew shit was going down. That's true. Well, we'll get into that. Yeah. We'll get into most that. Most of the time. Yeah. It's how he reacts to things. It's just like, wake up. Wake yeah. up. And Ben and Kingsley's leading them, and he's he's Mr. Science who can't be wrong. Right. And they're finding out what they're all there for. And like, turns out that SETI. Wait, SETI, thank you, has been sending out their signals into space, which is true. True. This is a true thing, waiting for signals back. And really, the, when they got into it, it's like we've been sending them, you know, the human genome, and we've been sending them the coordinates of Earth, and we've been sending I'm like, shit, you just gave them all your identity information. You're, they're yeah, going to, like, they're going to start charging shit in your credit card. <laughs> just send them all the real housewives, uh, like, collective we told them everything there is about our planet including all of our weaknesses Uh yeah yeah. our list of likes and dislikes i mean (laughs) there's a planet we like long walks on the beach we also like polluting Mm -hmm. and we love genocide and (laughs) yeah and they sent us free uh, uh, almost unlimited cheap power yeah from methane which would be helpful right about now like, we're not going to use any of that, but they, they, they sent us this, this formula that's for cheap. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm my beautiful agencies, wherever you're going to be. We hit a recording bump, and we're not exactly sure where it happened. So we're going back in time. We may have missed stuff. We may have missed stuff that we were talking about, but we're coming in conversation midway. We are on the train with young Sill, having nightmares, and eating pudding cups. <laughs> pudding Take cups. it away, ladies. Okay. So she is a fast learner. She uh, she got herself off the freight train after killing skeevy dude with the gold teeth. And now she is on a passenger train and she has stolen somebody's carry-on bag um, and the uh, inexplicably clean hobo coat from the guy she killed. And she is learning about money and electronics and pudding cups and... Oh, Big oh, social oh. interaction, yeah. And she, I has, for- she has this little... She managed to get a little TV device so she can learn about this stuff. So... Yes, that's hand. and she watches. Who says TV never taught you anything? Never saw this movie because she learns everything she needs to know from TV. She, she does. Mm-hmm. But that entire mm-hmm. scene is, I mean, between that, I mean, you kind of see it. I mean, at first, the, when we were talking about, oh, she can cry and all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, to some degree, you can say, oh, a lot of people can cry. But she also can balance it with this other side of joy and delight, you know, discovery yeah, and discovery. And it's a really, it's an actual range that makes up for the fact of, I mean, I'm glad they make her silent because there is that awful dialogue that we keep (laughs) bringing up, but may or may not have mentioned already. (laughs) I know, which I don't know how much that made it on the recording, but it's, you know, it's just she conveys so much, and I think that's why she's one of the best parts of this film. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, yeah, yeah. And she there are some great it. people in this film. There are some great people in this film, but script. Issues. And the thing that's funny too <laughs> is that 
one of the things she almost never conveys except that she's having a nightmare is fear. That's true. She's out in this new world, but she's not afraid. She doesn't have any fear in her DNA, I don't think. She does when she's having nightmares. She keeps she keeps waking up. She gets chased, this is when she gets chased by the nightmare train and the, the train that's made out of skulls going, nom, 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 nom. That'd be the one. No, okay. that's the, the, the nightmare train with the skulls for, for freight cars that they're totally out of Freddy Krueger. Totally out of Freddy Krueger land. Yeah. Yes, I know. And it you, was were, you were telling us that. It was a combination of Alien and Freddy Krueger land. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, all, yeah. that's all I kept thinking of. Yeah. So, yeah, so she, uh, so she, and she also has dreams. I don't know if she, is she dreaming? She's not really dreaming of the alien sex in the pool yet, but that comes. Not but, yet. um, literally, she got changed first. No. Yeah. So, and then we meet the nice, uh, conductor lady who comes in and sells her a half price ticket because she's nice and she feels sorry for this cute little white girl who apparently mm-hmm. can't speak and mm-hmm. who has one bag with her and is traveling um, by herself. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, Unfortunately, comes back to check on her. Because <laughs> her TV was too loud. In, she was learning too loud. And well, and after she turned into a, um, at that point, she had turned into a, how did we describe that? A, well, I said it was a tentacular turd hanging on the wall, but then y'all went vajacular on I it. I said so. it wasn't like, it looked like a big, ugly vagina. Yes. It was so. a cocoon that was hanging from tentacles that originally grew out of her face. And which now encompassed her entire body because she was going through metamorphosis. But on the way there, some great acting by Michelle Williams. So oh, yeah. being absolutely horrified that her body was doing this thing that she didn't And it expect. hurts. It and hurts. It hurt. It burns. Yeah. But, uh, and uh, so she's now encased in this horrible womb hanging from tentacles on the wall that also yeah, has the, a vaginal component to it. This, yeah, this vagina turd. Which and, developed vagina lips and births her out. Yeah. And Patrick's... A nice conductor lady who got too close. Which I had... That was the part I had trouble believing was that this this smart, sassy, black lady conductor would get close enough to this vagina turd to have her face eaten off. You're but dealing and that tentacle could have shot out 95 feet for all we know. <laughs> shot her I know, but it didn't shoot out until she got really close. Not yeah, that early on, it only shot out a little bit. Later on, yeah. though, that's just where that tongue really came out. Not only just the, not just the like tongue the either, but the, you and know. the other tentacles. Yeah. From the, the, other. Tentacles, <laughs> the tentacles, which let's not spoil that. To be discussed later. To be discussed later, for sure. Of course. Um, okay, so, yeah. So she uh, she gets off the train and she's wearing the conductor's outfit, a woman is, who is much different size than she is, and yet it's beautiful size and shape and mad the magics of you know magical world of Hollywood uh, clothes swapping. <laughs> it happens in every movie. I just don't and understand. Amazing in this outfit with a little cap and a little business skirt. My like, she looks rocking in this outfit she, she does she absolutely she, does and she kind of and she looks and she's having a good time strutting in it like nah, i got a new outfit yeah and it's perfectly me. clean despite having been worn by someone who got their face eaten off and and who was in the room when the shit vagina birthed her out so that's true you're right there was it's no after- there was no 
there was yeah. no placenta or yeah, whatever after birth. Stop. <laughs> yeah. But she keeps the sensible shoes of the conductor lady, which I really liked. She does. And she keeps mm-hmm. them even after she goes shopping later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and on gets the all track, up. Yep. Yeah. And we we do get that little shopping thing where she she goes by the fetish store and sees her reflection in the big gold mirror and there's all the sex yeah. toys all around it in the in the window and she like, ends up in the bridal store. She don't store. need no toys. She need the rail thing. She bang. is. Yeah, we were talking about when she is she is she now goes into a wedding store, a bridal store so that she can get an all lace disco glam Madonna-esque fingerless glove outfit yeah. which would look appropriate in desperately seeking susan because she's but this desperately is desperately seeking semen yes now she has the outfit to go seek it here's the thing if you did not know she was an alien you would should know from this because nobody on earth would look good in this outfit she looks amazing in this dress mm-hmm. Valid point. Stunning. She Her and madonna could pull that off mm-hmm. she can absolutely pull it stunning off. And uh, while she's doing this walk down wherever in L.A., not Rodeo Drive, but after, after obsessing over the pregnant, shopkeeper. she is she's she's seeing pregnant women and and women with kids in strollers, and it's you know you can just kind of see that that's where she's her her something's stirring. She's having weird feelings that she doesn't understand. We've yeah, she's wanting yeah. that baby batter so bad. She doesn't know what it is. Yeah, mm. and uh, meanwhile, she could be you never know. Meanwhile, our intrepid gang of uh, pseudo scientists and empaths. Yeah. <laughs> they figured out they're at the they're at the train station. They figured out that it was her. There's a DNA match. There's this whole nonsense that we just covered that ruined everything. But like they, this whole sequence, like let's grow another one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have yeah. Let's grow another one. It's like so she's can- killed a hobo. We've proven that with the DNA sampling, and now we see this empty turd vagina on the wall and a dead conductor lady with her face eaten off and pretty sure she did that too and you know it, they, they specifically say it looks like a chrysalis so she's evolving but they don't think to picture that she might be now a grown-up or anything else like she could have evolved into anything sure i mean butterfly i mean caterpillars just don't look anything like they did exactly she cocoon. could be a she could be a thing with wings now for all they know she could be an elephant in tap shoes and so they that's, decide that's the true. best thing to do is <laughs> let's take some of the spare DNA we still have in the freezer and let's grow another one to see what let's it does. Let's the whole team in to go stand around and watch. Yeah. And of course, we have a totally, while they're trying to uh, inject this alien DNA into another egg, human egg, I think, um, the camera shorts out. Because, yeah. you know, it's a million dollar it's a billion dollar government laboratory, but the camera's going to short out at the exact moment when we shot that shit in the egg. So they, because of course. Uh, the, YouTube was doing the video for that. So they're like, no, 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 can't watch that. No. Right. So, uh, so Mark Helgenberger, intrepid uh, scientist who works in a lab, apparently where things break she down all the time. I know how all this stuff works. I'm going to be a CSI real soon. Okay, I got yeah. this. I got this. Mark, yeah, hey, my helmet here. I got that's this. Why she got the CSI gig? I bet. I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not. She's all. She's very comfortable with all this. Yeah, so, she's yeah. a scientist and a and a misfixit. And a base. And, she, and she's an easy enough on the eyes. Like yeah, the, she is. You know, she hits a demographic that people can get into. Yep. Yeah, men want to do her and women want to be her. Yeah. So uh, scientists, men hate them. Huh? Hot blonde scientists. She's redheaded. She her hair is reddish. 
That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Okay. So she goes in there to plug the new camera in. Michael Madsen goes in there to watch her back. But of course, nobody's really watching what's important, which is that this thing is already growing because she managed to hit the egg before, you know, after the camera went out. And so this poopy, brown, lumpy mass, which I thought looked like Mr. Hanky, Mr. Evil Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poop, is growing in the little terrarium. Yeah. From space. From space. (laughs) And she goes, science. So she gets the camera plugged in before they realize that this shit's going on and uh, they can't get the terrarium closed in time. And Ben Kingsley won't let them out until they get it closed up in time because, because that glass box is going to do a better job of holding it in the entire room. So we have the the scene where it's tense and it looks like they're going to have to die or Ben Kingsley's going to have to kill them all with fire. But the rest of the team lets them out and then they kill it with fire. And we all now hate Ben Kingsley's character. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Nobody punched him in the face. I was waiting for Michael Mann to come out of that, that lab and punch him in the face. That would have been a logical thing to do. That would have made sense. Or Mark Helgenberger could have punched him in the face. Somebody should have punched, him in, the face. I punched him in the face. I would have bought it. I would have bought it. He's like, not the face. Not the face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not the pretty face. Yeah. Anyway, back to Syl. She's, out in the town she's she's bedding down for the night so she finds a hotel a sleazy hotel to spend the yes. night in and would one they, of the more remarkable they, things about the movie yeah the worker there who looks like he should be the sleazy desk guy is actually a decent fellow <laughs> one of the only non-repellent male characters in the whole film I right know. He he. She wants to know where she can find a a, a meat market because she wants a man, and he tells her, and he sends her to a fairly nice one, not just down to some nasty dive. And she accidentally leaves her credit card with him, and he gives it back to her and tells her to you know take better care of that. And then later and on, he when they, like, when she up he doesn't like, even try up. to hit on her when she says, yeah. "Where's I market? Where basically. can I get a man?" Is what where she asked him. He didn't go like, right. "Right here, baby." Is yeah, what yeah, like. yeah. He doesn't do yeah. that that kind of thing. It's and later on, later on, when the when our intrepid uh, stalker team tries to find her, he tells them, "I sent her down the street to the meat market." You know, so he. He was a good guy all around. I'm it's glad he didn't get killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And have a nightclub in a 90s movie without a sex trapeze. Of course. Always. Yes. What a nightclub it is. What is, what yeah. was it called? It was called Id, wasn't it? Id. Yeah. Id was the name of the light, the nightclub. Yeah. It's like, cause we are all just working on our basic impulses down here, baby. Well, so, so still, man, that's just all she got, man. She's just got it, man. And I love how she instantly learns from from the the, the sleazy chick, you know, who, who comes. She's Sills actually trying to, like, have a little bit of a connection with this guy who wants to buy her a drink. And she's going with it. And all of a sudden, loose girl comes up and she's like, I'm, I need to get to a party. And I, what was it? What was the line? I'm late for a party. And I, now I forget. And I, I don't know it. how to get there or something like that. But, yeah. It's- Tom was in there somewhere. The word come was in there somewhere and it was emphasized. I'm late okay. for a party and I don't have a get where you want to come with me. Yeah. Like and so she's yeah, like, really like drunk and she steals Sill's man and then makes the mistake of hitting the little girl's room first. No. Yeah. Don't take a, dump, t- take a dump at his place. Don't take a dump at the club. Yeah. Sill Sil did not like her and killed and her. And then had the nerve to gloat in the bathroom about it. Yeah. That was the, the big, that was the bad part. All's fair in love and war, right? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm about to rip out your spine, bitch. 
<laughs> she she does like she does she like go in the men's room and punch her hand through the wall to the ladies' room or how did what I don't know. It's through I don't the know, wall. But anyway, yeah. her, her claw comes through the the wall in the in the toilet stall behind this drunk woman and yeah. basically rips her apart. So pulls out her spine. Yes. And leaves her dead on the toilet. And uh, finds another man and uses her pickup line and takes him home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. she's learning. She's learning. And he's gross, too. That was my other he note was, fuck Robbie. Fuck Robbie. This guy is so gross. <laughs> I, I wrote him down as Mr. Date Rape. Uh, well, uh, yeah. This is one of those movies where like, everybody has a pool. And everybody, uh, all the or LA jacuzzi. <laughs> and he has to take a shower before he gets it, gets it on with her. And I'm like, it's wow, so were sweaty. you sweating that hard in the club? Okay. Yeah, like, what were you doing? I think that's just so we can see, you know, a hot male body wrapped in a towel. I think that was. I gotta wash off my diabetes. Yeah, right. He's diabetic, as we find out later. And when he gets when half naked, close enough to her, she can smell it on him or something. I forgot forgot what I forgot. Before she approached him in the bar, she walks across the club and takes her top off. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's just yeah. up in her bra at that time. Yeah, she she's down her bra in the middle of the club, and then she's like, "I'm late for a party. I don't have a ride. You want to come?" Right. And you yeah. know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm thinking, and no like, heads turn, no heads turn when she takes the top off. <laughs> yeah, that's why she cut the line. That's why she cut the line. <laughs> you legs right in. Yeah. Right. So she she goes. I I think it's also interesting that she's wearing pants in this scene. Yeah. Like most movies you would see a woman who's gone out to seduce or whatever, or wearing like a skirt or a dress. She doesn't know better yet. But I'm just she saying, because it. I'm just thinking, yeah, but I <laughs> so always, but I, I don't know. But the fact that she's wearing pants in that scene, it's kind of stands out to me. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that was just so that she could take her sweater off. Yeah, I maybe I don't know. know. Yeah, so she she takes Mister Date Rape, or he takes her back to his place. She gets a whiff of his defect on him and doesn't want him, and asks very and nicely, "Take me back to the club." Rapey. And he gets all date rapey, and she kind of yeah. you can just see it kind of click in her mind of like, "Oh, okay, if you're gonna be an asshole, I'll just deal with this." And he gets a whole lot more tongue than he bargained for. <laughs> and this scene won the best yes. kiss on the MTV Awards. It, in the what awards? Uh, for the MTV awards that year. Did it really? Yes. yes. Oh, that's yeah. funny because she basically impales him through his back of his spine with his, with her tongue. And what I thought was interesting is that they didn't they 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 let you they buried the they didn't bury the lead on this one. They let you simmer in it because you know it's not clear why all of a sudden she doesn't want him. Right. He touches her and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden she kind of punches back. Yeah. And you know that's yeah. We don't find okay. that out until our intrepid team of of hunters finds him. And puts it together remarkably quickly. It's like, oh, well, she wanted to mate with him because they figured out that she's on a mating spree. Oh, because, yeah, because Mark Helgenberger found um, menstrual blood at the hotel. Well, Mark Mark Helgenberger says that whole thing about rats, that rats can smell defects or disease in their mates. Yeah. So maybe she's got something like that. Yeah, and, and then they find his insulin. They find it first. They find a hypodermic, and it's like, well, maybe he was a drug addict. And then they find his insulin. And it's like, oh, he had diabetes, so he wasn't an acceptable mate. Right. And then gross. Maybe he was just gross. In the middle of this dicey. Think about, think about it. That twenty-eight day cycle for a human would be sped up. Maybe so. 
it's got alien DNA that's already making her move at that rate. Just think about that. So it could already be within 12 hours. We search to have we done your cycle I have Sorry. nothing to contribute. Anyway, anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on, moving on. She steals this guy's car. Mm-hmm. She's put her in her like She's learned how to drive. She runs out smart. of gas. She runs out of gas, winds up getting hit by another car. And super nice guy, super nice hot guy, who I thought was so hot back in the 90s, Whip Hubley. Whip Hubley, yeah. I thought he was so hot, and I'm looking at him going, ew. <laughs> no. I know. Yeah, Mr. Good Samaritan good guy, and then it doesn't really work. Like, like this guy seems all right. He like yeah. he like pushes everybody out of the way, makes sure the ambulance gets called, makes sure she gets to the hospital, follows her to the hospital, makes sure she, everything's taken care of. Offers to pay for her medical bills with his credit card. Okay, yeah. what stranger would you do that for? I mean, somebody who really wanted to fuck. Okay? Well, I'm thinking I if guess. you're hot and blonde and scantily clad, then yeah, you know, people do lots of things for you. I I guess. Anyway. But yeah, whatever. So okay, she runs across the one good Samaritan who's not really that good. But <laughs> but at least he didn't take advantage of her. He didn't. She was throwing herself at him. She just he was just taking what was on the plate. Mm-hmm. But I just love that. Like she goes to the hospital, and the doctor's looking at her, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, oh gosh, it looks like we have a fractured scapula." And it's only then that she can hear herself. She's like, "Oh, is that the problem?" <laughs> Now that she knows what it is, now that she knows what it is, she can fix it. It's like, oh, okay. Kind of rolls Thank her you. eyes up in her head yeah. and closes her eyes and reforms her shoulder. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That was. Yeah. The doctor's just like, did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? And that nurse is like, we need you to help find the staples. We can't find the staples, doctor. We need the staples. There's something really innocuous. Oh, no, <laughs> that extra playing the nurse was so, she is the one horrible actress in this movie. Her her job was to distract the doctor, and it was like watching a six year old kid going, "Mommy, mommy, watch me, watch me, mommy, mommy, look, mommy, watch yeah. me." Oh, a miracle God. just happened, and you're just like, "Where's the staple, doctor? I need the staple." Whatever the bullshit thing is, was on. It, that was a terrible scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, she she comes skipping out of the room like la la la, and he's like, "You're all right." She's like, "I'm fine. Can we go?" Did the doctor like, say you can we, go? I'm yep, fine. Let's go. So we go. <laughs> no paperwork and so then all of a sudden he's whining uh, Mr. Good Samaritan's whining and dining her back at his place which is Lux I mean it was a nice oh, place no he's got a big old hot tub yeah. he's he's bringing out fruit and cheese on a plate he's got a Polaroid he wants a little selfie with her on the Polaroid oh mm. I know he's uh, yeah he's just all of a sudden styling just this whatever kind and of actually you know, nowadays selfies are so common i mean we take selfies mm-hmm. with them. if you walked up on it to a stranger on a street in a new city and said take a selfie with me they probably would but back then taking a selfie on a polaroid actually is kind of creepy mm. oh that's serial killer point, shit yes yes thank you i paid your medical bills you can take my picture okay yeah and she doesn't get it and she's freaked out by the polaroid and anyway yeah. so they yeah. get in the hot tub together and you know she immediately what I also love is like he he leaves to get in a bathing suit and she's already in the in the hot tub with the top off. Yes. And he came out no. and saw her she's out and with everything off. She's naked in the hot tub. Not expecting that at all. Yeah. She is completely nude. Well, remember, she's had these flashbacks and dream sequences of alien underwater sex where she's like being spooned by some other alien. Yeah. But it's just like you can't even figure out what's going on. You exactly. Just see like an occasional recognizable potty. 
puppet yes. social tentacles and weird Yeah, so she's been dreaming about having alien Gai- underwater Geiger sex. So Gormbrook. looking at this hot tub must have just gone like, wahoo for her, you know? So she's in the hot tub. She gloms onto him. Right. She rips his shorts off. He's actually a little freaked out by how fast she's moving. He's a lot freaked out. You see, like, take it easy. Take it easy. Slow down. Take it easy. Take it easy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then she actually the says, you don't need these. Yoink. <laughs> pulls his trunks off. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's not too soon for us to be that together. I up. want a baby. What? <laughs> he yeah. starts being like, okay, fine. I'll go with it. And then all of a sudden she says, I want a baby. And he's like, ah. <laughs> oh, that is the ultimate boner <laughs> killer right there is the girl saying, I want a baby. <laughs> killer. <laughs> It was a severe escalation, but you know, unfortunately, the team the team now is like right on the hot on their heels. He's literally knocking on the door, and that gets him killed. So she starts holding his head underwater, and he's struggling pretty hard. And that is when we get dun, da, 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 nipple tentacle. This was even on the YouTube version. Nipple tentacle. So basically, wow. well, you get it on One the time Prime version. It. You got it at the end too. But anyway. Yeah, we see him being held yeah, underwater. Get it by later big, too. She has just morphed and gone full alien, Geiger alien. She's holding his head underwater. She's holding him underwater by his head, right. like you would with your little brother in the pool. And he's and that's what one of those tentacles just gets shoved right up his mouth. <laughs> and uh, and she kills him and escapes, but not very far. Oh, but we have we have we have I think a horror movie first right here. Yes. A squirrel jump scare. I have never seen a cat leap at someone like they do in horror movies. I have never, ever, ever, ever seen a squirrel leap at somebody like the squirrel oh. leaps at Mark Helgenberger. Are you kidding? Really? I have. You've actually seen Killer Squirrel? Really? I, yeah. Uh, yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I have. Okay. But. Okay. I mean, I'm used to seeing more like raccoons and possums hmm. do that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's just here, um, like Prospect Park in Brooklyn. <laughs> well, it's Brooklyn. The squirrels are tough, man. The well, squirrels I've seen squirrels in New York City parks that were aggressive. Wow. Well, well, shit here. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah. But. City um, squirrels. Just, 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 just across the street, basically, poor Carol. Is finishing her Saturday night grocery shopping. You know, she's got like all the makings <laughs> for a fantastic kale salad and some Campbell's soup for one. Yeah. And so, well, yeah, it's just poor timing, man. She's just like all ready for a night home alone in front of the TV with her favorite stories and eating her kale salad and her Campbell's. Not exactly. Oh, if she had a cat, this movie would have been over a hell of a lot. Oh, she, yeah. We didn't see the cat, but there was an implied there no, cat. No, there were no cats. The cat, any cat in this movie would have been like, fuck her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's an did alien. You say, is her name really Carol, or did you just give her that name? She's a Carol. She's a She's Carol. A Carol. I, a I put. I, I wrote down poor doomed grocery lady. Oh man, with the bad haircut. She's in her car, classes. having loaded her her groceries for one into her little car, and naked Natasha Sill uh, climbs into the car with her, buck naked. Help me! Help me! Help me! Carol does the right thing, which was the wrong thing. Conduct yourselves. I had to deal with this cat. But, uh, yeah, Carol takes her home with her, which is unfortunate for Carol. In the meantime, our intrepid, yes. And then our intrepid team who gets, you know, again, is so quick to figure out what happened that it's just amazing. 
I know. And the fact that they were so close to catching her, it was like, God damn, that's awfully convenient. It really <laughs> it was. was. I mean, there was a point yeah. where you're like, okay, I'll suspend some disbelief, but uh, that's a little too convenient for my taste where I can't even. It made sense because they figured out from the security camera footage that she had been hit by the car and taken to the hospital. There were a lot of hospitals, but they figured out which one it was because of the freaking out doctor who saw her shoulder reassemble itself. And then they figured out the guy who offered his credit card to pay her medical bills. They tracked him down by the credit card, but yeah, they got to his house mid seduction, you know, that's what I'm saying because she was going awfully quick, you know, to make, to get to that point in the seduction. And Michael Madsen, yeah, Michael Madsen almost had her in the backyard. She was on the other side of the backyard fence watching him walk around with his little assassin gun while Mark Helgenberger was getting attacked by the crazy squirrel. Squirrel! Yeah. What? Squirrel! (laughs) It was just the fact of the way that the rest of the crew came in, like, at the very last minute as she gets attacked by the squirrel. And it's like, where were you guys a few minutes ago? Like This happens throughout the movie. This happens throughout the movie. They're just like... At least you've got Michael Masson and Mark Hellenberger, I mean, who, like, moving their asses. Like, you've got at least two people who are smart or have some clue. What The other two or or three are are useless. We got Forrest Whitaker watching what's going on with the action, but also watching the drive-in movie that's happening down the block. Yeah. And, um, and Ben Kingsley, he's got a couple of, like, science flunkies with him. And in yeah. the time it takes them to go, those other two to go in the backyard and get scared by a squirrel and lose the alien, they have already figured out there's no evidence of semen in the hot tub. I'm like, wow, yeah. that was fast. Well, that's because they got curious that about that because oh, they cut the scene where the guy was like, oh, oh, yuck. oh, geez. And then we get Francois. Nope, no semen. No. Yes. No. Then we get a real yeah. demonstration of Sill's hyper intelligence because after she yeah. gets Carol to help her, she launches a fake my own death scheme that is pretty inventive. Yeah. I after, know. after having her own like little um what's the word I'm working for? Um existentialist crisis. I don't know why I'm here. Yeah, I don't know what I'm for. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know why I'm here? Do you know who sent me, Carol? Carol, Carol, look at me, Carol, 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 Carol. (laughs) Yeah, this is where she really starts talking in in like real full coherent, more more than just pickup lines. And this is my favorite line of the movie. This is my favorite part of the movie that happens in here, where Carol's like, "Just don't let me go. I won't hurt you." And she said, "But you would. You don't know it right now, but you would. Yeah, if you knew me. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. you'd hurt me if you knew what I what I am. Kind of a thing." Yeah, she knows, she, she knows enough of herself to know that. She knows that so I'm in danger. When she, when she checked into the Fleabag Motel, where the guy directed her to the meat market down the street, right. she saw briefly on the TV a couple of things. One was a a TV movie or TV show where, where a truck ran into a Padmount electric transformer and blew up. Yeah. And then she also saw a commercial where a beautiful blonde woman is like, oh, tired of being brunette, you know, and she learns, oh, there's hair dye in this world. But it's that Padmount transformer that kind of gives her this idea. And yeah. it's really inventive um, yeah. where I'm, she takes, like, she's got poor Carol tied up on the bed to keep her quiet. And Carol, poor no Carol's, Carol quiet. 
Don't keep yeah, Carol's alive. trying to Carol's doing the smart thing. She's trying to talk yeah. her way out of the situation. Yeah. Mm. And Syl goes and gets some gardening shears like you'd prune roses with, and Carol, poor Carol thinks, Oh, she's gonna cut me loose. No. What does she do, Patrick? Why would you think that? Why would you think that, Carol? I, if someone came at me with gardening shears, I would not assume they were coming to cut me loose. No, no, especially if I was Carol. I'll just be like, just end it, just end it, just end my existence. I'm, I'm just a Carol. No, she cuts off her own thumb and then immediately regenerates a new thumb. Yeah. And does the nice yeah. lady like put that extra thumb in her purse? For Some pretty decent CGI there. Yeah. Snack. Put, just keep it in her purse for snack. She for puts the thumb in Carol's purse. They would just assume that she had stolen that purse. Yeah, because so she, she puts the thumb in Carol's thumb purse. Gets put somewhere else later on. She puts it in the side of the door. And we the don't, car we don't see it, but she then cuts off Carol's thumb. Yeah, or the tip of her thumb to make it match. Yeah, and throws the tip of Carol's thumb into the garbage can outside. So after this, after this car accident happens where they think that she's dead i think it's hilarious you have the big explosion when the car hits and then the helicopter comes yeah. by and then like <laughs> shoots a rocket into five it five of them like yeah. five rockets thanks guys got it i think we got it i, I think know. we got it the military the united the states come military in, yeah. the men have come in the men have solved the problem by blowing everything up they yep. blew up that squirrel they she- blew up everything one of the things that bugged me among many things is there a scene where they think Mm, they decide to go back to the club. Yeah. In case Sil goes back there. Why? And all of them are like lounging around the club. Mark Helgenberger and Michael Madsen are basically doing it, not paying any attention. Um, yeah. What's his name? Uh, 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 Forrest Whitaker goes outside behind the club for a minute. And two things happen. First of all, we get a bum dump scare. <laughs> yeah. He's, he startles two bums who are behind. <laughs> Some garbage yeah. Yeah. Do you notice what happened when they went back down? No. One was totally blowing the other one. <laughs> the way <it> was- <laughs> oh, yeah. One went yeah. down first. And just like, went, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> just, oh yeah, you're totally right. Like, oh, you're it right. Totally reads blowjob. It totally yeah. reads. He yeah. interrupted a blowjob behind the the dumpsters. I said, okay. No, the way they crept down. You're absolutely. He right. realizes that she's there. He realizes it's still there. He goes to the door of the club. He's like, hey. Hey guys, she's here. She's here. And they all show up. Like that nightclub, you wouldn't have heard shit. Yeah, <laughs> no. Right. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't have heard. And she shit. basically baits them into chasing her. Yeah. Oh, that that's what leads to the explosion. Right. To the car explosion. Right. Yeah. So now we're now everybody thinks that she's dead and we're at the hotel and everybody's lounging. No. But the rest of the movie is all reshoots. For the most part. Is it? The ending was supposedly totally different. Oh yeah, up, yeah, like after the scene with the hotel, it's all different. Like it wasn't a chase in the sewers. I do. Um, anyway, it was all different. But anyway, yeah, so everyone's taking the night off. They're they're playing games, getting far as Whitaker drunk. Yep, it's all over, everyone. Yeah, tomorrow you can go back to your lives. It's over the movie's over. We can all bone now because it's all over. Yeah, everybody's dancing and singing. We get a brief shot of Helgen boob. Okay, can I point out? Yeah, can I point out the fact that in this movie you have this romance kind of thing between Michael Madsen and Marg Hellenberger. It is age appropriate. You never see that happen in Hollywood. You know what? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It was like 
so refreshing to see that one, you've got a female scientist who yes. actually is not just like boobs busting out. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's fine and dandy, but she actually has the brains to back it up. And then she has a love interest and it's, yeah. you know, yep. their age. And we don't have to have that. We don't have to have that stupid sequence of, well, she's been wearing glasses the whole movie and then she takes them off and she's beautiful. No, she's not the whole time. And they're, they're flirting the whole time. And I love, this, I, love, I love the part where she turns into like a little high school girl. Where she, where she's like, I know they had a tip about something, and then she storms off. She's like, "Well, I'm going to bed early." Man, clearly, like, yeah. please follow me. And then he does, and then he does, and when she, when he knocks on the door, she looks to the door, but she's a little happy. She's like, "Yes, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yes, yes." Yeah. It was so um, little girl. And I, when I, they dance, it was so, it was so cute. It was so cute. Yeah, and she like, yeah. I know what you're doing. It doesn't scare me. Yeah, I know you're an assassin. It doesn't scare me. Yeah. He's like, I, he's like, you're a microbiologist, and I don't know what that is, and I that terrifying shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, not, then he, and then he, and then he, and then he turns her down. He's not threatened by her, though. No, he's not. He's mm -hmm. still he's not. put. He's still a little bit of a tough guy, so he's got to put up a, you know, enough of a front. But he does that with everybody. But he turns her down. Yeah, and then she's like, "Fuck, this didn't work," and off she goes to her hotel room. Yeah, but and guess who shows up? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's Sil. Spoiler, it's Sil. Yeah. Exactly. She's oh, she's at the club. Yeah, Sil starts having sex dreams about him now. Right? And yeah. and she she actually runs into Mark Helgenberger in the ladies' room mm -hmm. and borrows her perfume. Yes. Two great scenes. Those are two great scenes. I love scenes like that where it's a hitchcock where mm -hmm. the audience is ahead of the, the characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that one character has no idea that the person standing next to them totally testing this new look. It totally works. I just changed my hair color and nobody knows who I am now. I'm yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. All I had to yeah. do. She gets yeah. by three of them. She gets by three of them. She works with him, with her in the bathroom, yep. in the elevator with Michael Madsen. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then with um, Alfred Molina. But Forrest Whitaker has told him that Mark Helgenberger wants him, and that's all he a needed duh. to know. And he's a on duh. the way up. Because, he's a up duh. because nobody could figure that one out. Thank you, Forrest yeah. Whitaker. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm an empath. She still wants you. <sighs> oh, then I'll go upstairs to her room. I know, I'm gonna go up and slip. Apparently, their sex scenes was left up to them to choreograph. Yeah. Well, you know, Mark Helgenberger will give a blowjob on a first date because they rip each other's clothes off and push each other around, and then she makes him stand up and comes at and maybe she. That is a. a <laughs> Quite the cinematography. It was age appropriate as well. It's like it's like we don't have time for this. Yeah, I um, mean, it was just. I remember the first time I saw that scene, I was shocked. I'm like, oh shit, they're showing her. She's going in for a blowjob. Get it now, because you might be dead in the next reel, baby. <laughs> Meanwhile, all this shit happens, and and Alfred Molina makes the mistake of letting her into the. Actually, no, she was waiting in the room. Yes. She killed the housekeeper. Yes, get his, and got his the key. hotel room. Yep. She's waiting for him, and she gets what she wants. She mates, and I love that she's like, ah, "I felt it." Oh god! And the fact that he doesn't get it, that he's going, yeah. he's going. No, I know it's a myth in many cultures that women can feel the exact moment. You deserve to die after moment. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. do it, and that was that. That was the scene when I was watching it on YouTube that made me realize that they had heavily edited it because that is my favorite scene in the movie is she's he's on his back naked she's sitting on top of him probably still got the dick in her yeah and she does 
Three scenes later, she probably still has the dick in her as an FYI. Thank you. And he laughs at her and says, now I know in some primitive cultures, my dear, that they women claim that they can do the moment of skin. And they show his face and her back and those tentacles are growing out of her back while he's mansplaining yeah. to her what her body is doing yeah. Yeah. and whether or not she would actually be aware of it. And and it was just like, that movie, that, that scene is so creepy. It's like, Oh shit! So he's gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> he deserves to. But to be after everything you've been through, yep. everything that you've been through for something this yep. weird to happen to you, to come across a woman this sexually aggressive with you, Alfred uh, Molina, and to not get it, you deserve to die. Yeah, and he does, and he does. And I wrote down here, pro tip, if a woman can rocket you backwards onto the bed and doesn't want a condom, think twice. Because <laughs> she does. She pushes him and he flies back you onto the bed. You either got to get your neck broken or you're going to wind up on Maury. And then, oh, he, no. and then he says, what about protection? And she just like goes for the boner. Yep. Yeah. She got an Alfred Bolina. <laughs> oh, I like it. But meanwhile, Forrest Whitaker has been going up to bed in his room, and he's in his room washing his face, getting his jammies on, whatever, and he gets a vibe. I mean, he's useful, but too late. Yeah. <laughs> and we have coitus. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then we have an epic chase, yeah, including chase to the sewers because that's still where... busting through a wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, was like, I, I did like her. Terror becomes the Kool Aid Man. She does become yeah. Kool Aid Man. Which eventually in the sewers, and, but then pass the sewers into some weird earthquake tunnel. And the rest of it's kind of just like a standard sci-fi chase. The only thing that's cool about it is that she has the baby. Yeah. And it's a full grown baby boy. The baby is. And when when uh who who's it comes across? The first Whitaker came across and he's just like, uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> right. Would you, would you know right. what to do? <laughs> right. Yeah, she has the, she has the baby, and we get to see her big old red alien nipples, and yeah, yeah that that's a very interesting design. It's kind of it's a combination of Hellraiser and um and like the alien Geiger. Yeah, yeah, it reminds me a little Hellraiser. The, the boy was had some spite when he changed was definitely spider like. Yeah, and that boy. I mean, he didn't have to do much acting wise, but he was so creepy. He just, you know, he was that sort of just that blank little white boy with big blue eyes, and yet, <laughs> and then his tongue shoots out of his mouth and spears a rat, and he, and the next thing he's like, chomp, 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 chomp. that's why you always got to avoid the white boys. We people don't know that about us. We all have those tongues that can pick up rats from three feet away. Yeah, his little, punk, his little punk spikes are coming out of his head. Yeah, and, and this apparently is yeah. one of the mistakes in the movie. Is that the little boy was circumcised? I didn't even see that. Yeah. Oh, sorry, huh. we're not looking at that prepubescent penis close enough. No. No, I was not looking at the little boy penis. Close I wasn't enough. either. I got it off of IMDb. So either that there was a mistake or the first thing that still was like, we're in America now. Okay. Oh, she's Jewish. Yeah. She could be Jewish. <laughs> right. Or just, you know, we already know that that's not going to be necessary, so we've already genetically modified him not to have right. one. Right. She, she, watched, she watched many things, and she watched Fiddler on the Roof on the hotel yes. room. She's like, he's got to go. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
And and Forrest Whitaker, I think his character's name was Dan, he unwittingly does something quite heroic. You know, the baby, the boy jumps at him and he basically, I can't, I'm not sure exactly what he did. It was like, did he spear him on the gun or did he flamethrower him? But he flips him backwards into the, into the La Brea tar pit underground. Pit of oil. It's not just oil. It's a pit of tar because Mark Helgenberger falls in it and then becomes completely helpless and can't get out. So it was more than just oil. Because you can't ultimately have the woman save herself. That's the only problem here. That bugged me. It was it was good until that point, you know. Yeah, and of course, poor Forrest Whitaker is you know he's a sh- schlemiel. He can't really do anything. He accidentally kills the baby boy by lighting him on fire and putting him in the oil pit. And then then finally, Preston catches up with mm-hmm. them, and he has to deal with nipple tentacles, which almost strangle him. And I'm sitting there going, come on, Mark, do something. I remember <laughs> so. watching this with my parents on cable one night. My, that, that scene where the nipple, the attack nipples came out. My dad was like, <laughs> 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 I was never more disturbed than my dad. Hear my dad go. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's not a <laughs> kind of guy. It was gross. It was gross. But they, 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 it was they, gross. They wind yeah. up barbecuing. And apparently in the original... Apparently in the original cut, she was literally shooting babies out of <laughs> shooting babies out of her vagina at the like attack babies. Oh my goodness. Really? Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, yeah, that would make sense that she would be able to use all the sperm and make as many babies as she wants. Yeah, well, even Mark Helderberg is like, we don't know what she's gonna have. She might be laying eggs. <laughs> right. Literally yeah. right now. We don't know. Yeah. yeah, she could she could lay a thousand, she could have a dozen babies, she could lay a thousand yeah. eggs. And it and right. it, and you can just see Michael Madsen goes like girls are gross. <laughs> Girls, I never thought everything's fine as long as you don't eat the nipples. Don't eat the nipples. Yep, yep. And then they and then poor Dan gets in a tug of war between Preston and Mark trying to help him up, and the mother coming up for that one last time before she's really dead in the oil pit and tugging on Dan. And let oh, and then another thing they cut from the YouTube version was when you know they tell Dan, duck your head down, and and Preston shoots the mother over Dan's head yeah. and his, his famous line of let go you motherfucker. Yeah. They cut that out of the YouTube. Because one. you can't have a final kill without a quip. No, can't do it. But before that final kill, Preston managed to cut himself free of the nipple tentacle and throw it to the side. Yeah. And I immediately went, you're, Oh, you want to keep track of that? Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't. No. Somebody's going to eat that. Happened. And you know what happens when you eat the nipple ronies? When you eat the nipple ronies. <laughs> Somehow they turn rats into aliens, and that didn't make any sense. But I don't care. And the, the one aliens one rat eats the nipple tentacle, and with and within a moment later, he's eaten his brother rats. So and that's basis, and that's yeah. when will science ever learn? Yep, yep. What yeah. about that? They just tent? hooked her up with a nanny at the beginning, <laughs> to like let her watch some Sesame Street. This would have all been avoided. Yeah. Oh well, and we're all dead. Now. <sighs> Hooray. Great movie, terrible dialogue, everything else was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I like this movie a lot. It, it, like I was saying earlier, I just love the fact that she's not she's not bad. Mm-mm. She's doing no. what her body tells her to do. Nope. And have we taken the time nope. to understand her? Maybe things could have been different. We've just been nice to her. Right. Parented her a little. Right. Parented Actual her a little. And parenting. Teach her as well as learning from her rather than just like, uh, let's, let's blow it up. Since we don't understand, right? Yeah, I also like that. You know, even though she spends so much of the film naked, most of it doesn't feel as exploitive. 
And I think mostly because not so much. Yeah. I think mostly because that's her. It feels more like her performance. She does. She doesn't feel like I don't feel like the actress herself feels exploited. Well, I feel I feel like it's appropriate because in her mind, there's a normalcy. Where why would you wear clothes in this situation? And and it's like I had an art professor. When I was in college, who would describe the difference between um, a nude and a naked, where like a nude was someone, you know, our painting that's okay, no clothes, but it's just natural and organic. Naked is dirty. Nude is art. I learned that from Three's Company. Mm-hmm. But naked mm-hmm. is basically you don't have any clothes on, you know, and you should. <laughs> in that situation yeah. it's, it's either dirty or vulnerable yeah now Whereas nude naked yeah. is when you're doing something oh okay yeah. naked is when you're up to something and you got no clothes this has been educational exactly. uh, yeah. yeah and i think she's great like uh, she gets uh, natasha henshers gets a lot of flack for this performance too, and i think she does great for what she's given to do yeah well it's again we go it goes back to the dialogue in this movie and also yeah the dialogue and also the fact that her character for the most part needs to be unreadable yeah like we can't but her character gets real smart i mean she well she is really smart through the whole thing but you start to see that whole that whole planning and scheming and making her think she's dead and figuring out which one she can have sex with and and then getting away from them before they can quite catch up with her she's 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 not a bimbo. No. She's smart. No, I have, but people pick it like, oh, all of her line delivery is so flat and her face is just like blank the whole time. I'm like, that's the whole She's an alien. Point. She's she's a two-week-old alien. Yeah. Well, that's also the point. think of this. She grew up in that bubble. Like, she wasn't taught one-on-one, like, how to have emotion, like, to no. foster mm-hmm. that human side of her. No. I mean, think yeah. about that as an experiment. You're not fostering that DNA and that part right. of what makes humans unique from other species. Well, it's the Rosemary's Baby yeah. argument. I right. think it's in the book, but not in the movie, where Rosemary's like, well, hey, wait a minute. He's still half me. Yeah. And I'm good. And so when she's becoming his mother at the end, she's like, maybe I can teach him. Fix him. Yeah. 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 Of course. And maybe even if we had treated her well, even if we had parented her well and given her somewhat of a normal life, maybe she couldn't have overcome her genetics. Maybe she was always going to want to be having more babies and having more babies and, you know, just to to overpopulate the world. And maybe her. Yeah, right. And maybe her whatever she wanted to eat, there would never have been enough of maybe she would have started eating humans. Who knows? But there's only so many pudding cups in the world, TJ. Well, for a brief moment with Carol tied to the bed, she was like, she had that moment of self-doubt and she had that moment of Mm self-awareness of like, I don't know why I'm here. And I don't, you wouldn't like me if you really knew me. So yeah, Yeah. it's kind of sad. She's a villain, but not by her own fault. So which is, of course, there's also also the question that's raised, which half of her is the predatory half? Exactly. Maybe the DNA sequence they sent was perfectly fine, but our DNA is the one that's fucking it up. Right. How much right. of her shittiness came from us? Because yeah. we do have this awful, yeah. awful, 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 relentless drive to reproduce. That's what we do. Reproduce and conquer yeah. and go out to the next un- untenanted land and and take it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, Mark Helgenberger says something like that yeah. to, to Michael Madsen at one point. And nobody she listens. Says, yeah. She's, <laughs> she's the perfect predator 
for us. Mm -hmm. She's, she's the perfect uh, soldier or whatever to, to get us. Anyway, this was fun. Space is Friday the 13th. Spectacular. It wasn't just fun. It was spectacular. Spectacular. Thank you, Frank Mancuso yes. Jr. Keep us the creeps. Give us the creeps through the 90s. Yes, sir. Bob. Yeah. Okay. Did we do it? We did it. Yes. Did it. Okay. So what's going on with you? And where can people find you? Me? Yeah. Or TJ? <laughs> oh. You, Vanessa. It's your birthday. Um, I'm over at the VD Clinic podcast on Legion Podcast Network. No, it has nothing to actually do with venereal diseases, but not yet. <laughs> movies not yet. and books. <laughs> movies and books. Patrick has been over there. Which is um, why you need to get checked. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But we're um VD Clinic at a, a VD Clinic pod at all the different social media. Do you know what topics you have coming up soon? And actually, for March, we have, as we call it every year, March Madness, where we are kind of a serial killer kind of bent. And we're going to be covering Spike Lee's Summer of Sam and do the John E. Douglas book, Mindhunter. Oh, God. Netflix series kind of inspired. So much better than the miniseries. Yeah. So much terrifying well, stuff had, in that book. Yeah. So yeah, we kind of we kind of do these true crime things every March. So, like I said, March Madness. <laughs> that thing in that book, his whole uh, everybody has a rock theory. Yeah. Which they only touch on in the miniseries is the basis of most of my acting. Yeah. Like whatever character I get, I'm what's, like, what's, what's the rock? everybody has a rock theory? Basically, he's. It's whenever he was approaching these people, they all have a trigger. There's something that will make them cry like a little baby. And and you have to find out what that is, what that little rock is that will turn them into the pathetic child before they got hurt. If you can find that rock that they're hiding under, you can find everything. And that's how I approach my characters. I'm like, what's the rock that makes them break? Anyway, but yeah, so that's also awesome. Now you just gave me an idea that maybe next next March, I'm going to have turn it into March Helgenberger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> March Helgenberger. March Helgenberger. Dedicate March to the, March to the films of March Helgenberger. <laughs> That's cool. There you go. <laughs> yep. TJ, what's going on in nowhere? Oh well, um, I am part of the the three hosts of Greetings from Nowhere podcast, which you can find on pretty much every Apple iTunes, uh, any, any podcast aggregator. I think we have a website. We, we had one. I think we have another one now, but I'd have to listen to an episode of the podcast to tell you what it is. I'm, I'm the lucky third person on that who got brought on late in the game and I don't have to do squat except show up and talk kind of like for this podcast nice. where I don't have to do any of the, I had, we had Larry and I had a podcast, but we haven't done it because I'm too lazy to edit it. Um, but yeah, greetings from nowhere with, uh, with me and my two besties Excellent. talking about the three different cities we live in. And you got any live performances coming up that people should know about? Uh, sadly, I do not. I like to do a lot of local community theater, but my mother moved up here in July and went into assisted living, and she has been taking every moment of my non-working time. So right now my life is working my job, my full-time job, and taking care of my mother, even though she's paying people to take care Understandable, of her. Understandable, but still noble. All right. Yeah. Hey, Vanessa, thank you so much for joining me for this 
15th millionth edition of the Friday the 13th Spectacular. Without you, it wouldn't have been remotely as spectacular. Spectacular. My Love tongue that. is I can't even tired. say it today. There's a cat. There's a cat purring somewhere. Yeah, my cat is in my lap, purring with us. Oh. Vanessa, it was great to meet you. TJ, great to meet you. And as always, Patrick, right. great to be here. Patrick. Until next time. Yes. Bye. For this Friday the 13th Spectacular for Friday, March 13th, 2020. Thank you to my guests, Vanessa McEnery from the VD Clinic Podcast and Zombie Girl TJ from Greetings from Nowhere. Yay! Thank you very much. So if you're wondering, well, Patrick, what are we doing next episode? Well, you know what? That's up to you. Just like last month, just like Women in Horror Month, I'm leaving Irish Horror Month up to you. Now, it's supposed to be both episodes this, this, this month, but, I, you know, Friday the 13th, Cropped up, and I didn't see it coming. And you know what? Friday the 13th got, you know, it's got cut the line privileges. What can I say? So we're doing one episode of Irish Horror Month. So what can we do? But the movies are going to be chosen by the people who are on the newsletter mailing list. There's a secret link to vote, and that's the only place you can get it. So if you're not on the mailing list, you need to sign up. Head on over to the website and use one of the pop-ups or the form on the sidebar. Sign up. Get your vote hard, y'all. Now, I've had some problems. With the newsletter, as you know, I've been trying so hard to learn different softwares for the past few months that I wound up with a whole lot of links for this newsletter pointing in a million different directions. I'm narrowing them down to just one. So hopefully by Sunday, when the newsletter goes out, everything will be cleared up. So those of you who are signed up, keep an eye on your inbox. Sunday, it should be out. And vote, vote, vote. Pick the movie because I'm. Not, it's up to you now, people. Come on. You got to get on it. You got to get on it. So if you guys heard about Podchaser, Podchaser is this cool new platform that is looking to revolutionize the whole podcasting community, kind of break the whole iTunes stranglehold that it's had on things. And one of the cool features that they just added, they're trying to bring the community closer in order to try to bridge the community between podcaster and fans. So the new feature they just added, if you leave a review over on Podchaser of the show or even of the episode, you can now do individual episode reviews. I can respond to you, and you can respond back. So we can have an open little discussion right there on Podchaser. I love the place. It's great. I think it's a sexy site. It's exciting. They're going places. There's new features every week and great stuff when you sign up. So if you haven't checked out Podchaser, head on over to Podchaser.com right now and check them out. And a quick thank you to my sponsors. Thank you to Squadcast, without whom this interview section of this podcast would not have been possible. Well, it would have been possible, but it wouldn't have been as good or it wouldn't have been as easy. It wouldn't have sounded as nice. It would have been a huge pain in the ass because... As I noted, there was a problem with the recording halfway through. Remember that? Where I was like, oopsie doopsie. That was my fault. If I was not using Squadcast, which I am religiously, I would never have been able to fix it. I've got a high volume of guests on the show. In order to bring the highest possible quality audio to you and make it as easy to me to, inter- to edit and, and put together, I would be lost without Squadcast. I am never going back to anything else because they are fantastic. And if you are interested, if you're a podcaster and want to bump things up to the next level and want remote recordings done at a professional level, check out Squadcast. Use the link in the show notes and get seven days free to play around on that. You will love it. You will love it. I guarantee you. And also a thank you to my podcasting hosts, the Chippendales dancers of the podcasting world, Captivate FM. Captivate FM makes launching a podcast so damn easy, posting easy, everything's easy, easy peasy. 
Great customer service. They're super open to everything. Great folks over there. Hi, Kieran. How you doing? I would be dead in the water without Kieran at Captivate FM. So bowing down to Kieran at Captivate FM. I thank you. I love you. I kiss you. I do everything. It's appropriate. Even if it's not. What are, what? What are you saying? I don't know what I'm saying. Captivate FM is fantastic. Check out the link in the show notes. And again, get seven days free. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. So if you want to get a hold of me, you can do that the old-fashioned way by leaving a voicemail at 917-720-2047. You can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. And as always, that's Queens with a Z. You can find me on Facebook at Scream Queens, where horror gets gay. I'm on Twitter at Scream Queens. And I'm on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast. Now, if you have not had enough of Friday the 13th mania, it's going on every month. Over on Patreon, because, you know, why wait till Friday the 13th to have a spectacular, right? Because we have our own spinoff show over there covering that glorious 1980s TV show that haunted late nights, Friday the 13th, the series featuring Roby and her gigantic hair and cursed objects from hell and all great stuff. We're doing that over there every month. You get a little sneak peek here every now and then. But if you want the whole episode, you got to go to Patreon because patronage has its privilege. And that's www.patreon.com slash screamqueens. I think that's going to wrap things up for now. And also, just one more thing before we go. Um, A word of warning. I have no basis for this, but I just have a hunch, a little tingle in the back of my neck. If you're planning on seeing The Hunt this weekend, my spidey sense is telling me, don't. Don't. I'm not hoping... That there's going to be a mass shooter problem, but if there is, I think it's going to be at this movie this weekend. So I would advise you, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, stay home, stay safe. And besides, the coronavirus is going crazy. Avoid open spaces. Stay home. Stay home. Watch a movie on TV. It's safer. You won't get sick and you won't get shot. So I don't want any of those things happening to you because I love you. Gosh darn it. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, please continue to make the world a creepier place and never, ever forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel. And bring me some semen, because I am desperate. the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.